0: What in the world is up with the wars? After a month without a win, we look at where the warriors are going wrong and if they can turn things around. For that and everything else worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to the Long Read From Stuff. This week's story is called The Bird Park, The Conspiracy and The Council. It's by Stuff's Charlie Mitchell and is a story of Murray and Margaret Shaw. They retired and started a small bird park, but not before becoming embroiled in a sprawling saga involving a late-night arrest, an early morning raid and a music festival called Birdstock. Now here's Bex Taylor Haskell reading Charlie's story. Murray Shaw cannot explain how
0: a starter motor plucked from a contractor's digger, ended up in his shed. He certainly doesn't know who attached the note, offering its return upon payment of $5,000. Another mystery is why the police thought the soft-spoken 74-year-old owner of a small bird park near Hamilton with no previous convictions would make a late career pivot to theft. Shaw dropped to the ground in shock when he was arrested one night in April. His hands were wrenched into handcuffs, his arm ached when he reached the police station. One of the charges, he was told, was for blackmail, with a maximum sentence of 14 years. The charge was later dropped, though a charge for receiving stolen goods remains. He believes he was set up, that someone made it appear he had sabotaged the equipment used to put a road through his land, ending his years-long resistance, finally getting him out of the way it would soon get worse. The Department of Conservation undertook an early morning raid on his bird park. With two police officers ensuring he didn't interfere, Shaw was on bail and required to stay 20 metres from parts of the park, they took nearly a dozen birds, including a tui, a kereru, and his favourite ruru, baby, the one missing a wing after being mauled by a dog, the one he could show kids because it didn't bite. It was a sorry end to a feud that started with the placement of a road but had morphed into allegations of a sweeping international conspiracy involving central and local government, the police, the judiciary, and overseas-based contractors. For years, the Bird Park has been an unlikely centre of controversy, evident in the sheer volume of documentation it's produced. A request to the Hamilton City Council for internal communications about the park was rejected because it included over 5,000 results in the previous year. A similar request to DOC returned hundreds of pages, detailing a years-long investigation into the shores and their birds. Fed up with a stream of complaints, the council devoted a section of its website to rebutting claims by the bird park's supporters. But now, defeat. The aviaries had been pulled down, the exotic birds rehomed, Shaw's bird park is no more. Half the park is open, Shaw says ruefully. No birds. Anyone who wants to walk their dogs around, they're most welcome. Disputes like this have been fodder for community newspapers for generations, and upset local standing against what they believe to be council overreach. But this fight has a distinctly modern dimension. It has been encouraged by an alternative media ecosystem that has spurred Shaw onwards, turning this local dispute into a national symbol for perceived corruption. The sense of injustice has followed them into the court system, where Shaw has embraced sovereign citizen rhetoric and onto social media, where thousands of supporters have been mobilized to fight the bird park's enemies. It has led, ultimately, to the Shaws losing everything. It all started with a suburb called, appropriately, Peacock. Peacock will gobble up much of Hamilton's rising population, expanding the city's footprint into the surrounding farmland. It needs connecting roads, and a suitable location for one road was found on land owned by the Shores. Murray and Margaret Shaw had run a dairy farm in nearby War until the share market crash in 1987. They walked off the farm and found a patch of land south of Hamilton, a gully of blackberry and gorse they transformed into a park with scenic ponds and bird life. Since retiring from his civil construction business, Murray had devoted his energy to improving the property, riding around on a digger, a weapon he wields with the precision of a skilled swordsman, planting trees and forming ponds in the stream. That was where matters stood in 2014 when the council first broached the road issue. At first, the Shores were not opposed. In a neutral submission, they wrote, In fact, I congratulate the council for their forward thinking. There were no objections to the plan. Central government funding was secured in 2018, the council negotiated with dozens of affected landowners, and the designation was set. All the boxes had been ticked. That's when the Shores had a change of heart. By 2018, they adamantly opposed the project and refused to give up their land, claiming they were unaware of the extent of the work and that a better route was available. Specifically, they advocated for a road further south, which would not cross their property. The council has said in evidence accepted by the Environment Court that this route had been investigated and would not be suitable. While the council sought to acquire the land through the Public Works Act, The Shores planted hundreds of trees, some of them natives, in the path of the future road. They built aviaries and opened their property as a bird park, a free attraction where visitors could interact with tame birds and wander through the tree-lined walkways. The experience was not just educational, it was infused with political protest. Some trees were spray-painted with a giant X to symbolise their impending removal. Visitors were invited to sign a petition and lobby the council to save the bird park. Visiting the Shores' bird park became an act of quiet resistance. Some speculated that the Shores opened it to the public to gin up public opposition to the road. Shaw has implicitly supported this theory, stating in one interview last year that this was all to piss the Hamilton City Council off. He denied that was the intention when asked by Stuff. It was all just to get the people involved and see what's happening to the environment, he says. I mean, what have you got in Hamilton? Bloody houses and roads. Regardless, the plan succeeded. If the council wanted its road to go in, it would have to bulldoze native trees and carve up an increasingly popular bird park. The council has long maintained the bird park would not have to close as the road only traverses part of the property. That was one front of the battle. There was another. Questions arose about the park's legality. Some structures did not have resource consent. Native birds were being held in aviaries, seemingly without a license. In mid 2020, Hamilton's mayor contacted DOC, writing in a letter: "Site visits reveal that more pork and kereru are being kept in cages on the property. The conditions of the cages and enclosures, and the well-being of all captive birds." are of concern to the council. Doc went to the park and found numerous native birds, six ruru, four kereru, two tui, and two white-faced herons. Because the couple didn't have a license, Shaw was given an application to fill out, starting a convoluted process that would end with an early morning raid nearly three years later. At the same time, the standoff with the council over the road was escalating. The council had negotiated with more than 30 other landowners, leaving only the Shores, who had expressed interest in selling the entire property to the council. It quickly fell apart. The council valued the land at $335,000. The Shores claimed it was worth $4.7 million, but would not provide a valuation report to back that up. Just as the council thought it was finding common ground, The Shaws appeared on the current affairs program, Seven Sharp. Shaw told the interviewer they would not give up the land for any reason and implied he would block council staff from visiting the surrounding properties. With relations having soured, the dispute escalated to the Environment Court. Here, Shaw hired and fired six different lawyers. In a letter to the court, Shaw suggested his lawyers were conspiring with the council's lawyers, Without lawyers, he was represented by someone affiliated with the Maniopoto tribal government, a local sovereign citizen group, which claims independence under He Whakaputanga. The group had, coincidentally, been conducting a sit-in protest near the shores' property over an unrelated land dispute. They joined forces. In 2019, the tribal government issued the shores a license to hold native birds. It was signed by members of the group's political cabinet, including its Secretary of State, its Acting Attorney General, and its Minister of Native Police. Shaw, who has since taken a keen interest in the related common law movement, to the extent he has stopped paying rates and has, with others, secured a courthouse in Huntley, which they hope to use as a base for an alternative justice system, believed this was sufficient authority to keep running his bird park. It did not help his case. Shaw and his advocate became so heated at one court hearing, they were escorted out by security. They made vague demands, including being supplied with full disclosure of the accounts receivables and all other intangible pertaining to this matter. They asked multiple times for the court's definition of you. The court ruled in favor of the counsel. Today on Newsable, are the Wars in
1: trouble? What the Warriors need to do to get back on track after a month without any wins? Plus, the story of the Canterbury cocaine cartel and introducing the most boring man in
0: the world. Could he be the cure to sleeplessness? For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. It got worse. Shaw trespassed Hamilton City Council staff and contractors and took pride in his ability to frustrate his enemy's plans, usually with schemes involving his digger. He and his supporters have blocked access to the road site many, many times over recent years, the council says. Andrew Parsons, the council's general manager of infrastructure and assets says, this has included refusal to allow visits for valuation and geotechnical purposes, blocking of access by parking machinery on paths, digging of trenches to prevent access, interference with equipment and fencing, trespass onto adjoining sites, and threats to staff and contractors. Shaw says the digger has been impounded after he buried it in the path of the road. After nearly a year, Shaw had still not filled out an application for a licence to hold native birds. The reason was simple. He didn't want to. It was really an educational thing for kids to come here and hold native birds, he says. But Doc didn't want that because they've got no bloody control of it, that's why. Doc's staff decided to interview Shaw under caution. This would allow them to verify if he still kept native birds and if he understood that he required a license to do so, which could be used as evidence against him. They didn't have to look hard. On their popular Facebook page, the Shores shared a video of Murray releasing a kereru, which was also named Murray, into the wild. In a phone conversation with Doc before the interview, Shaw confirmed he had multiple native birds and detailed their various ailments. Two ruru had one eye, one had one wing, and another was about the same. When the Doc staffer arrived for the interview, Shaw's favourite ruru, Baby, was in the room. The case was clear-cut. They were also joined by two representatives of the Maniopoto tribal government who were acting as Shaw's advocates. They did most of the talking while Shaw interjected. What you are doing is f***ing terrible. Just terrible, Shaw said during the meeting. We are trying to help these birds and you are coming out with these rules. Having confirmed Shaw was breaking the law, Doc decided to move. Even if the park applied for a license, it was unlikely to be approved. Shaw knew he was holding the birds without a license. Based on legal advice, Doc would seize all native birds. It didn't happen. The documents are unclear why. Instead, Murray was given another three months to fill out the forms. Every two weeks, a doc officer contacted the Shaws to see if they were filling out the application. It proved difficult. Shaw is, Pretty illiterate. I didn't go to school very often, he says. And the application process is intensive. One doc staffer supplied a completed advocacy plan, highlighting in yellow the basic details required to be included. They worked with Margaret Shaw to complete the application, but she did not have all the required information. When three months passed and with the forms still not filed, Murray Shaw confirmed he had no intention of completing them. The demands, he says, were over the top. They had to go and get DNA tests done on the birds, he says. I mean, what the frickin' hell would they do that for? I didn't even care whether they're male or female. It wasn't about that. It was just for educational purposes and for the kids. Any action from Doc would initiate his large social media following in protest, he said. According to a Doc internal update, it was not possible to reason with Murray at this time, so the phone call was ended, the update said. The Bird Park's online following had always been significant, but over time its makeup changed. The Council had long been frustrated by the sympathetic coverage the Shores were receiving. From its perspective, it had followed the correct procedures and gone out of its way to accommodate the Shores, which the Environment Court confirmed. False online claims, including that the road was a motorway and would destroy the bird park, clogged up the council's social media pages. It worsened when the bird park attracted attention from the alternative media. When the conspiracy-slinging web show Counterspin went on a national tour, it held its Hamilton event in a barn at the bird park. When invited to speak, Murray Shaw, wearing a shirt with the words Flock off HCC, listed off by name the figures he believed were corrupt, including various council staffers and councillors, a prominent law firm, the council's solicitor, Shaw's own solicitor, the judge deciding on their environment, court case, and every judge in New Zealand. Their cause became popular in several telegram channels, whose members saw their fight as part of a broader campaign of government overreach. The Shores were interviewed by the conspiracy theorist Liz Gunn and given platforms to make sweeping claims, often without evidence. For both the Council and DOC, it has made things more difficult. Andrew Parsons from the Council says, In recent months, the Shores appear to have aligned themselves with other groups, conspiracy websites, and people claiming to be involved with the sovereign rights movement. He goes on. This has led to further concerning behavior towards staff, contractors, and elected members, including people attempting to deliver documents to the personal homes of staff and contractors. These incidents are now a police matter. Earlier this year, DOC, which had decided to seize the birds, called off a planned operation due to people camping supporting the Shores. A staffer wrote, The department, Doc, has received anecdotal information that Shores Bird Park and the surrounding location has become a site for anti-vax, anti-government individuals, and therefore there is likely to be increased risk to staff attending the address. As the end of the Bird Park seemed nigh, the Shores made one last effort to rally support, a multi-day music festival called... Birdstock, stock, with live music and food trucks. Under a grey sky, attendees danced into the night and sat around a roaring fire. Days later, Doc took the birds in what Shaw describes as a dawn raid. As it happened, a call went out on Telegram to rally supporters to the site, but few came. 11 birds were seized. In the days afterward, one tui and one kereru were euthanised after an assessment by an independent veterinarian that they were injured and suffering. A further five have since been euthanised. DOC's National Compliance Manager, John Warwick, said, Vet advice was these birds were in very poor health, with injuries and conditions which meant they could not be properly rehabilitated or released back into the wild. Shaw was issued with three infringement notices, totaling $2,400. With the bird park no more, Shaw is reflecting on his next steps. Much of the past support has since dried up. The tribal government is no longer fighting with him. Many online supporters have moved on. Shaw has refused compensation from the Council for the Land meaning it will go to an independent land valuation tribunal. He is fighting the receiving stolen goods charge and maintains his innocence. The Shaws have moved out. It is too painful to watch the road go in. We can't sit there and watch all this bloody happening in front of our eyes, Murray Shaw says. In another week or two, I'll never come back into this place again.
1: That was A Bird Park, The Conspiracy and The Council on the Long Read from Stuff, written by Charlie Mitchell, read by Bex Taylor-Haskell and produced by Jono Williams. This episode was edited by John Ropihar. If you listen via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on the Long Read podcast, available on all the usual platforms. If you liked what you heard, please do give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. Ka kite anō. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nzslash
0: support.